Hey everybody, Ashton Gustafson here, and welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. Today is a different conversation than we've had in the past. Um, I'm outdoors, and I was in my office this morning, and it's like the, um, it's like the earth is awakening to, like, spring is just around the corner, and, and so I, I've noticed that, like, uh, for a while, this cold February, December, January, February, it's been real cold, gray, gloomy, wet. Um, like the birds haven't been singing as much. Uh, the, the, it's, it's felt, the earth hasn't felt that alive. Um, but this morning as I was walking out to my office, I just thought, oh man, these guys are, uh, there's something different in the air today. And um, so I was doing my stillness sit this morning, and uh, for some reason I just started writing uh, notes about what the soul feels like and what the soul feels like when it begins to awaken. Um, Because haven't we all been in seasons sometimes where uh, we don't really feel in the soul space, where we're numb where we feel like there's more headwind than there is flow in our lives. Um, And so I just looked down after I'd written all these notes out, and I said, we got a podcast on our hands. Um, So you're probably going to hear traffic in the background. You're probably going to hear uh, some birds and some dogs barking uh, and doors slamming somewhere, and who knows what, maybe a neighbor taking out the trash. Um, but it all belongs, right? Uh, and so, yeah, I just, I, I, because here's, here's why I wanted to have this conversation today. I think sometimes the reason we lack the aliveness, the vibe, the flourishing, um, the juice, right, that, that, that we long for in life, it isn't because it isn't available, It's because we haven't been given the lenses or the verbiage or the vernacular to discover it, to excavate it, to go, oh my gosh, this has always been available. I just didn't know it. And so today, what I really wanted to do is dissect just the difference between our soul space and really what happens every day when we leave and we go to work and we raise our kids or we go to school, or we run a business, or we work for somebody. The, the, there is such a difference. And yet, if we can operate from the soul space, when we go out and intersect our days, I have found that there is where we find the meaning, and the purpose, the satisfaction, the fulfillment, the sustainability, all of those things that we talk about all the time that we actually want. So, this is like Soul 101. Um, Very Franciscan episode, by the way, with... I really hope you can hear these birds, because they are dialing it in this morning. Um, So let's talk about the soul for a second. Um, And this is really going to be kind of like... I don't mean for this conversation to be dualistic, but we're going to talk about both sides of our life today. Kind of the exterior space, and then the interior soul space. Um, here's, here's the conversation that's true about the interior space is, um, 
there is no death in the interior space. And when there is, or it feels like there is, that is actually the precursor or the event of beautiful change, renewal, and or resurrection. So, just know that, that you at the soul level, um, the, the, the you that's always been you, that eternal chord that has been struck, right? The you that will continue on, right? Um, there's no death there. And anytime you feel like there is something there, then chances are it's probably something that needs to go away, an ideal, a thought, a belief, um, a story, a narrative. Any, anytime there's death there, it's actually getting you to a more beautiful, sustainable, and flourishing place. Now the world, right? How, many, how often times do we hear this? It's a life and death scenario. Or like our business is on pins and needles, or the relationship is it, we're it's, we're either going to make it or, or or we're not. Yeah, yeah. The the exterior life there there is these life and death scenario. There there are things that end. Blockbuster ends, <laughs> and Netflix comes along, right? Um, but the so like the Model T, right? It ended, and Tesla came along. That life and that things. Things are birthed and things die, but the soul space, anything that is evolutionary in the death and the life and death process is always getting you to a truer, more peaceful, more beautiful place, a more loving, more peaceful, more kind, more patient, right? (sighs) Yeah, I'm loving this. This is fun. This is going to be fun. The next one. The soul is timeless. The soul is that place where time stands still. Do you, do you ever have um, moments where you just go, oh my goodness, that, that, was like, that was like something from another realm. Or, or you've heard the phrase before, that was heaven on earth. Or time stood still. Um, when that happens, you are in the soul space. Now, exterior lives, we are bound by time. There's 1,440 minutes in your day, 24 hours in a day, 365 days in a year, right? There is this, these Apple watches on our wrist. They do constrict us by time. We all have the same amount of time, but the soul space, this is where we experience the eternal now. This is where we experience that the great announcement is the kingdom is here and now at hand and among us. And so I always like to have this conversation when, when I feel um, that I am kind of that, you know, you know when you're just in that tapping your foot mood, right? Like, huh, huh, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go to the next thing. Um, sometimes I've found that to intersect uh, to have my timeless, the, the timeless me intersect the time-bound me, I begin at my breath. You begin at your breath. And I've found that there, there to, there's this great grounding and centering exercise that just happens when I can center myself in my breath. 
because here's the deal the the eternal now is always available like i think this is why we gawk at mountains when we go to colorado for the summer or we ski in the winter time or when we first set foot into the beach uh, or into the ocean uh, when we go at spring break or the summer or whatever i think the reason why we have these moments of it's because all of a sudden we step into the now and we're not past and we're not in the future we're not being drugged backwards by some event or some belief in our past and we're not tapping our foot trying to when I get this when I get that when I go to that place the here the now what's among us what's at hand all of a sudden the moment becomes electric and that's a beautiful place for our souls to exist. Another thing that I find interesting about the soul, um, and hey guys, forgive me if some of this is like all over the map. I wrote this down three minutes ago, just having some fun. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the soul, you can't measure things in the soul. There's no measuring cup, right? Like you have kitchens and cookbooks, and sometimes we, we lay those things into our lives, right? Like, oh, a cup of this, a cup of that, a half a stick of butter, um, a hug, a kind note, uh, a paycheck, some health insurance, uh, all, all of these things that you can kind of measure, that's, that's the exterior life, um, which is fine, right? We, we need to measure things. We, we, uh, it's not a bad way of doing things. Um, you, you want a pilot to be able to know uh, how to measure certain speeds and trajectories and torque and headwind and rain and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Measuring's a good thing in the exterior world. Um, but the interior world, there's, there's no ruler. There's, there's no measurement. There's no measuring cup. There's no scale. All of these Jesus teachings, uh, sometimes I find them almost hilarious. That it, that's, it's as if he keeps telling us, you can't measure this. You, you can't measure the divine. You can't measure the divine's favor on you. Um, the... The prodigal son story, which honestly, it's not the prodigal story. It's kind of the, the punk brother story. Um, the prodigal does it wrong, spends all his money on booze and hookers. Uh, and the, the, one, the son that did it right, he, he pouts because the father throws this party, throws this banquet. And the beautiful line that the, uh, the father character, Jesus gives the father character, he says, um, hey, there's a banquet going on in here. You need to come join us. We've got like dead mouse. We've got uh, uh, wagyu beef fillets. Uh, it, it, this is a party you wouldn't believe. The, the the craziest of tunes, the finest of flavors and cuisine. Come on in. It's a banquet. You're invited. And uh, the the sun huffs and puffs and basically says, "Well, you never bought me a goat." And and, and Jesus gives the father figure this statement. Um, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. 
Like it, it's basically going. Do you, can you think you you can like measure my love towards you? You think you can measure the divine's love towards you? No, no. Or or the story about the two workers and one worked all day and one practically didn't work. Jesus goes, yeah. Give them both what they need. I mean, it, it's just we can't. You cannot measure the divine. And how much of our theology and teaching sometimes has revolved around soul-space conversations where we think we can measure such things. There's no measurement in the soul-space. There's no scale. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one's this. Um, in the soul-space, there is... There's really no uniformity. And by that I mean it's not a linear way of being in the world. It's, it's not line up the dominoes and one by one they fall. In the soul space, um, there's diversity, but in that diversity there's unity. So we've had a conversation here before about the difference between unity and uniformity. Um, the soul space is is where you you go to hear who you are. And once you hear and you come to learn and you know this and you evolve with it, um, you reemerge into the world and you take your own unique individual story and you allow it to be a beautiful, universal expression. So the soul space is basically, when we talk about diversity and unity, it's where we can all go and have a little bit of this, oh, you are this interesting, divine bag of bones and blood and soul and guts and emotion and spirit and laughter and pain. Um, But you're also just like all of us. So it's interesting, the, the both and, um, outside of the soul, everyone's like, be like us, we do this, act like this, speak like that. Um, the interior side of the soul, it, it knows there's diversity. It knows it's unique, but it also knows it's just like everyone else. And so when you intersect people in your life that are in painful seasons and how how many of us just know <clears throat> when we walk up on someone we connect with someone um you ever just feel the pain body and you just know that they are in a really really rough place of suffering um you can intersect that person intersect with that person and know yeah me too i've been there and honor their unique situation so you can, you can offer the, yeah, I've been there. I know. I know how painful it is. But then you can also entrust them to their own dignity, their own story, and maybe how you, ask how you can help a little bit down the road as well. So the soul space, very diverse, very different. Um, just watch, watch the Discovery Channel and tell me if you don't think this whole joint is powered by diversity, right? And so this exterior 
life that sometimes we were known by our walls and our separation. And they went to this school. I went to that school. They cheer for this team. They work for that company. We work for this one. Um, all of that vanishes in the soul space. All of that vanishes. Um, <clears throat> the exterior life is win-lose. There's winners and losers, which is kind of miserable, right? I mean, any, any of us that, um, like even some of my uh, uh, favorite people in the world, um, I still see them falling into the trap of winning and losing all the time. And sometimes it's necessary for business. I get that, right? If you don't win, uh, then the business doesn't stay um, afloat. However, I would ask you this. Let's redefine winning. Could, could winning just mean sustainability and predictability and profitability for the people you've been entrusted? That's a whole other podcast. Um, but winning and losing, that's the exterior world. But the inside, the, um, the inside of the soul space... <clears throat> I wrote this down this morning. It is a fresh, experiential, participatory banquet. <laughs> the soul is always a fresh, experiential, participatory banquet. Now, imagine if that was just our offer and some of our spiritual teaching. Hey, are you are you burned out on winning and losing? Um, are you burned out on that? Uh, which, by the way, you remember how big of a deal the Super Bowl was four years ago? Remember who won? Right, you don't. I don't either. And and, and yet one day revolves around winning and losing. Our country gathers and we shove Doritos in our face. Um, this is my point. The whole win lose thing. Uh, uh, once it's done, it's just not interesting. We don't really revisit it ever again. I mean, I guess some people on that team have rings the size of their wrist that they wear annually. Um, but the whole win-lose thing, it, it, it just doesn't do it for us. It, the, the narrative doesn't stick long enough. The aroma doesn't put the wind in our sails long enough. But the soul space is always a fresh experiential, participatory banquet. Those of you that are um, spiritual teachers <clears throat> out there, um, I would invite you, ask yourself this uh, whenever you prepare a message for the people you've been entrusted. Am I bringing a win-loss scenario to the table, conversation to the table, or am I bringing a fresh, experiential participatory banquet to the conversation. And uh, I'm just thinking this too. I need to have that as a dad. I need to have that as a husband. I need to have that as a business owner. I need to leave the world of winners and losers and enter the world of fresh, experiential, participatory banquetness. I don't even know what that means, but it feels really right. Oh yeah, and let's while we're on it, the the soul doesn't need explanation. <laughs> the soul doesn't need explanation. The the soul just um, it's comfortable with what is. It's comfortable with what is. 
Next, um, the exterior life, it operates in right and wrong. Like there's the, uh, uh, there, there's, there's the right answer and the wrong answer on the test. Um, the, uh, uh, this plane is just soaring right above us right now, as you can probably hear it. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the right and wrong world, um, I mean, this is the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, uh, CNBC. This, this, is, this is that that world. The problem is when we try to take the right and wrong mentality into the soul space, it gets really, really difficult. The soul space leaves the world of right and wrong and enters the world of the grain of love. The grain of love, which is always one directional. Imagine a wagon wheel where the water is, in, is infilling and pouring out, infilling and pouring out, filling up and self-emptying. This is the grain of love. When we operate from the grain of love, we are operating from a place of human flourishing, of gratitude, of enjoyment, of acceptance, of enthusiasm, and of beauty. When you are in the grain of love, you are operating not from the space of winners and losers. You are operating from the space of human flourishing, gratitude, enjoyment, enthusiasm, acceptance, and beauty. That's the grain of love. And um, when you can come to know how your individual story can surf in these grains, or should we say the waves of love, um, I promise you there, there will be a new and a fresh you that shows up at home, that shows up at the workplace, that shows up next to the random stranger at the grocery store. Um, the grain of love, the grain of love really is what this podcast should be called. Um, because that's, that's the flow we're getting into in the soul space. The next one. The exterior world um, loves labels and jerseys and business cards and accolades and awards and accomplishments um, and statistics. Like, a, like, you're, like we all sometimes have bought the propaganda that we're like, we're like trading cards. Like you remember, for the dudes that are listening, you remember the baseball cards you used to have? And, and it would show the, showed Ken Griffey Jr. statistics for the last year, but then also for like the last 10 years. This many hits, this many home runs, this many stolen bases, this many golden gloves. Um, yeah, how's that working for us? <laughs> the, uh, which I just had this random thought. Are, in a way, has our Instagram feed be- become a trading card? Another podcast conversation. Um, the labels, the business cards, the stats, uh, all of that. The, the, the Googleable you. There you go. When you're Googled, what do we get? Um, and, and this exterior space, it's, it's always... Uh, me, you, them, those. Uh, but the, the interior space, 
we uh, we move into that divine relationship with the I-thou relationship. We move from subject-object to subject-to-subject with people. It's no longer I and you. It's us and we. And so I think sometimes the uh, um, the selfish side of our of our lives, right, um, is 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 so so difficult to get out of that rut. But I'm finding that the only way I can consistently be in a posture where my initial rut isn't is it about me? Where, where's the enemy? Who's here to attack me? Is there a line in the bushes? Who, who's on the? Am I on the right team? Are they on the wrong team? Oh, the, the more I can get into the posture of the soul where all of the labels disappear and it's just us and we, um, my oh my, am I freed from needing to be on a team. I mean, if there is a team, it's just called us. It's called humans. Team human. <laughs> I'm, on, uh, I'm for team human and the flourishing of that humanity and the graciousness that can be cultivated and the beauty that we can make together. Um, that, that, my friends, is something uh, that's good, true, and beautiful. Um, and lastly, lastly, the, uh, and I appreciate y'all's patience today with my random riff on the soul space. Um, the exterior world is so often driven by opinions and individual beliefs. The interior world is cultivated through experiential knowledge. So let me say that again. The exterior world, we we typically are defined by our opinions and beliefs, or we flock together with those who believe what we believe or have the same opinions that we have, vote the way we vote, uh, dress the way we dress, live where we live, school where we school, etc. The soul space, though. The soul space is where um, you no longer believe about an idea of resurrection. You've actually moved through it. You, you've actually experienced when something had to die and the unknowing that happens in the middle and the other side of resurrection that happens when you arrive on this other side in a more peaceful, patient, beautiful state and show your wounds and say shalom. Like it's one thing to believe about a lifestyle of resurrection. It's another thing to go through it, to move through it, to willingly accept that there's going to be some suffering, that you're going to have to empty something, that you're going to have to let go to that which you thought you were so that you can arrive, know, behold, enjoy, and live out that who you've always been. It's one thing to believe. It's one thing, it's one thing to know the, the, the questions on the test. It, it, it's one thing to know that water is this two parts hydrogen 
one part oxygen. Is that right? Or is it the other way? I don't know. It's one thing to know H2O is water. It's another thing to nosedive into the ocean and feel the breeze on your skin as you come out of the waves. It's, it, it's one thing to know the color of your children's eyes. It's another thing to get lost in them as they draw gnarly, ridiculous, beautiful six-year-old art. It's, it's one thing to know that it's better to give than to receive. But it's a whole nother set of knowing. To arrive in a moment when you didn't even know if you had something to give, but you you went deep, deep within. And you gave, and even when you didn't think you had the capacity to give. And then all of a sudden, this human moment between two of you giving yourself and someone that was in need becomes this whole other cosmic, beautiful moment. It's one thing to know that we profess a life of resurrection. It's another thing to go through the flames, do the crazy soul work, arrive on the other side, show your palms, and say shalom. So I don't know... um, where you're at today. I don't know what your soul space feels like. I'm hoping that the grain of love is the waters you're swimming in. But I'm finding that that's not always true for all of us. And life is two steps forwards and three steps backwards. Hey, P.S. I had a moment last month that I was not there at all. Felt like I could never get back there, actually. So I'm not, I'm not coming to the conversation today like I've got this thing figured out. But, ever so often we can start to hear the birds start to sing again. Ever so often when the, when the weather begins to warm in the soul and you feel like spring is around the corner, sometimes you just need some ideas, some words to hold on to. Sometimes you just need to know the rules. And remember, in the exterior world, plenty of rules. But on the inside... In that soul space, where, where you get to go, where it's the you versus you, where it's the little you versus the, the you that'll never die, where it's the you that's always been, always will be, uh, where it's the you that um, knows nothing of your job and your statistics. Um, they're my friends. There is where you're going to find the satisfaction, the peace the joy, the rest, the beauty, and probably the resurrection that you're after. So, in the spirit of St. Francis, with the birds singing in the background, I wish you wonderful soul space in the next week. And as you approach this next week, um... May you remember that there is no death in this space. There's only life. 
It's timeless. You can't measure it. It's powered by diversity and unity. It's a fresh, experiential, participatory banquet. It operates out of the grain of love. It's the space where it's us and we in lieu of I, them, those, and they. And it's experiential knowing. And you only know it by trusting it, by moving through it, by interacting with it, and arriving on the other side and saying, I used to believe something, but now I know something. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love. Hey, before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe right there on your phone. That's probably where you're listening. Uh, And if you enjoyed this, would you mind leaving us a review? One of the things that we're wanting to do is get this information out to as many people as we can. And we are finding that uh, when people leave good, true, and beautiful reviews, uh, that helps us get this information out more and more to people all across the world. I do not take it lightly. Uh, that you invite me to ride shotgun with you in your car. Uh, You allow these conversations to be a part of your jogs. You allow these conversations to be a part of the communities and families and businesses that you've been entrusted. Uh, I do not take that lightly at all, and I am thrilled uh, that you have joined us here at this table, at this conversation. There's always a seat left. There's always room for more, uh, and we are just so grateful for you guys joining us here at Good, True, and Beautiful. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love.